0: Welcome to the Moments Podcast. We believe that every youth service should have three elements, worship, the Word, and an exciting atmosphere. While we can't replicate our worship through song or our intense games on this podcast, we can certainly replay one of our favorite parts of the night, Pastor Wesley's message from God's Word. So, without further ado, here is this past Wednesday's Jesus Moment. No place like home with you guys on Wednesday nights. And so I am ready to dig deep into the message tonight. So who remembers the name of the message from our kickoff? Anybody, anybody remember August 16th, I think? We're going to do a little recap. We're going to do a little recap for everybody in the room. American Horror Story, okay? And we talked about the horror story of living a life without Jesus, okay? Week number one, size, so like, obviously, that's what it was, American Horror Story. Week number two, anybody remember the name of that one? Our Parent Night. It was two words, American American Dream. And we talked about how, how vain the American Dream can be if lived in the wrong context. And, and the reality is the American Dream is not even a good thing. A good thing is to live your life spent serving Jesus. Now, does anybody remember the title of my message last week? Okay, that's the name of the series, but that wasn't the name of the message. What was the name of the message? Roller. No. Roller coasters. I'm so glad y'all take notes. Listen, listen, let me tell you something note takers are difference makers and i man i wish i wish we gave you guys pens and paper to write on to take notes that's a million dollar idea that's a million dollar idea we should give you guys pen and paper to take notes oh which which you why well, it just it just magically showed up there's pens and papers at every chair wow <laughs> they moved you down. Uh, hey, turn your neighbor to your left and say, life is better together and awful alone. I want to share a story with you guys. I think, how many of you know the story of the beach story where I drove my car early in the morning? How many of you remember that? Like seven of you, which is actually really good because I don't want most of you to know the story. I'm going to share the story with a little bit of a different emphasis on it. So one day I woke up and I was like, I got to go read my Bible somewhere. And if you're anything like me, like I love a good vibe, like Lamont gelato, best ice cream in the panhandle. You can't change my mind. (laughs) Thank you. Maker's coffee, best coffee in the panhandle. You're not changing my mind. Okay, and so I love a good coffee shop. I love just sitting down, reading God's word. Uh, that's actually where Saya and I met, was at Maker's Coffee. So it was a little bit of a sentimental value. Fun fact, Saya and I went across the street one day in Bodacious in the second story just to look at Maker's to watch people leave so we knew we could leave and go find a table at Maker's. That's how much we love this place. And so that has nothing to do with my story, but I love a good spot. To read my Bible. And, and maybe I'm weird like that, but I love like a cool cozy atmosphere. I got my coffee. So I woke up. It's like 5 a.m. I went to Starbucks. I got coffee that was way too bitter and I had to drown it out in sugar because let's be real, that's Starbucks coffee. <laughs> and so I'm drinking. I'm like splashing it in my eyes so I wake up. And I'm in my little Kia, my car that I got attacked by the bear. Some of you remember Old Betsy. This was before Old Betsy. Got traded in for the bear itself, my Dodge Ram. But uh, old Betsy was taking me down Pensacola Beach. Fort Pickens Road is where I was. How many of you have been to Fort Pickens? Good. So I'm driving to Fort Pickens at 530 with the coffee in my hand, in my car, got my Jesus tunes playing. And there's this flashing sign. And the same person would stop and read the sign. But I'm like, screw that. I ain't doing that and the signs flashing no turning back turn around now no turning back turn around now and i'm like Psh, no no way so i keep driving and i keep driving and i keep driving and you know how like you roll your window down and you start to smell like the salt water i was like oh no i'm about to drive off into <laughs> to an ocean like where am i at and so i get really concerned like if you can imagine it's pitch black I'm by myself, I'm in my car, and I'm like, all right, something's wrong, I need to turn around. So I turn around, I'm doing my little little U-turn in the sand, and I get about right here, and my car won't move. I am now stuck in the sand. Now, if you can drive and you've made that mistake, you'll never make it again. You only make it once and you realize you're never doing that again. So I'm stuck in the sand. And, and I, I'm not going to lie, I began to panic. At this point, it's like 6 in the morning, I'd have to either pay somebody to come get me out or call somebody to come get me out. And uh, I think I was 16 when this happened, so I didn't really want to call mom and dad to come rescue me because I am a brave, courageous person. I don't need their help. I know you guys can relate to that. I know y'all can relate to that. And so I, I, I'm like panicking. Like I am stuck in the sand. There is no getting out. Life is better together and awful alone. And in that moment, I thought if only there was somebody to pull me out of the sand. And I kid you not, 30 seconds later, this giant, this giant truck passed me. going Probably going 60 and like a 30. And I see it kind of just presses brakes really hard. And it begins to turn around right here. And this giant like tow truck comes right up next to me. <laughs> and he's laughing and he rolls down his window and he's like, you're stuck, aren't you? I was like, yes, sir. And he pulls me out of the sink. And, and I, I think sometimes in life we get stuck. More specifically, when it comes to this idea of community, we get stuck. We're either stuck with the wrong friends at the right time, the right friends at the wrong time, or we just don't know how to have good friends. And if we're being completely honest, some of us just don't even like the idea of friends having good friends because we've tried so hard and failed so miserably. How many of you want community? Raise your hand. Hopefully all of you. To some degree or another, you want people in your life. And we're going to read tonight about a man named Solomon who had everything on earth. And he says, hey, look, you need to understand something. Life is lived better together and awful alone. I want to read some statistics to you. In the last 20 years, the number of people saying there is no one with whom they discuss important information has nearly tripled. People feel lonely. Now, 25% of people report they have no one they can trust at all. Not even in their family. That's one-fourth of America that says they feel this way. The likelihood of a family getting together to have a meal has gone down 33%. And by the way, all of these numbers are pre-COVID. They've only gotten worse. Friends, community is rare. But it's worth it. And we need to realize that life is better together and awful alone. And so we're going to read about a man named Solomon and his experience with how important community is. What's the most well-known fact about King Solomon? Somebody tell me. Somebody tell me. If you want to put that slide up there with King Solomon for me, Gavin. Tori, what's the most well-known fact? Say that louder. Wisest man on earth. Now I know some of you think you just have it all figured out. If I asked your mom or dad, they'd be like, Yeah, heck no. <laughs> they haven't got there yet. And so Solomon being the wisest man to ever live, says this. We cannot find meaning and purpose apart from God, and that true community is found in the arms of Jesus. And before I read the text, I want to point one more thing out about Solomon. I want you guys to guess his net worth. I want you to guess Solomon's net worth. Madison, you have my permission to use your phone for something other than taking notes. Google Donald Trump's net worth. Tori, look up Elon Musk's net worth. Any guesses? Y'all name some rich people. Anybody? Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos. Hey, all three of us. Okay, I don't know who that is, but okay. Anybody else? Anybody else in the back? Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> I feel like Dwayne. I feel like the Rock. Anybody? Any takers? Mr. Beast is probably pretty high. What's his net? What's Donald Trump's net worth? So two and a half billion. What's Elon Musk's net worth? So Elon Musk net worth from a couple of years ago is close to two hundred and fifty billion. Now, what do you think King Solomon's net worth is? Charity. More than a billion? What was your guess? 50 million? 500 billion? What's your guess? Over 10 trillion? Uh, y'all got it way under, and he got it way over. It was 2 trillion. King Solomon's net worth, compared to the money he had then, to the money we would have now, okay, given inflation, he had 2 trillion dollars. And out of everybody that could have ever lived this life, Solomon had the rights to tell us money is not enough. You cannot simply buy your friends. You have to find community. The question is, where do you find community? Life is better together and awful alone. Ecclesiastes 4 says this again. The preaching of God's word again. I observed all the facts of oppression. You can follow along on the screen. The scripture will be up there shortly. Again, I observed all the facts of oppression being done under the sun. It'll be up there eventually, I promise. Look at the tares of those who are oppressed. They have nobody to comfort them. Power is with those who oppress, and they have no one to comfort them. So I commanded the dead who have already died more than the living, who are still alive. But better than either of them is the one who has not yet existed. Who has not seen the evil activity done under the sun? Verse 4 I saw that all labor and all work is due to one person's jealousy of another. Jealousy exists in this life. Have y'all ever been jealous of somebody? The fool folds his arms and consumes his old flesh. People are greedy. Have you ever been greedy? Better one handful with rest than two handfuls with effort in a pursuit of the wind. There are lazy people in this life. Have any of you ever been lazy? I've never seen hands raised so fast in my life. Verse 9. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. For if either fails, his companion can lift him up, but pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. And friends, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. This is worth more than Solomon's net worth. Thousands and thousands are the ways of man. But it's God's purpose that stands. And what is God's purpose for your life? Life is better together and awful alone. And so I wrote down three things that I want us to wrestle with. How can we find biblical community according to the text? Well, you need to understand three things. One, what keeps you isolated? In other words, what keeps you from having community? My second point is what are the benefits of community? And my third point is the loneliest place to live. The loneliest place to live. To live, And so verse 4 says, I saw that all labor and all skillful work is due to one person's jealousy of another. You see, sometimes some people don't want to be in this room tonight because they are so jealous of the way somebody else is in this room. And they say, I'm not going to church with that person. They make church all about themselves. When I show up to church, I want this person to sit next to me, or I don't want to be there at all. And they're jealous of the confidence that people in this room walk in. Friends, jealous, nothing will separate you from people faster in your life than jealousy. Nothing will separate you faster from people in this life than jealousy. Verse 5, the fool folds his arms and consumes his own flesh. He has nothing to eat because he doesn't work. Nothing will separate you from people faster in this life. Then laziness. Spoiler alert, I am married. Marriage takes work. The most deepest intimate kind of community you can have with somebody, it takes work. Because guess what? You're different than that person. Their likes and interests and hobbies are different than yours, so you have to learn how to live selflessly and pursue somebody else. And Solomon wants us to understand when we make life all about us, we're isolated. And friends, if you're living in isolation, you're never going to find community. Some people just don't even try to have community. They show up, they sit in the back, they say, hey, they leave. And they always just, I just, it turns my head. I don't get what is so enticing about a life of isolation. It could be because there's sin in your life that you don't want anybody to see, so you'd rather hide your sin and live in isolation than confront your sin and live in the light and community. Verse 6, better one handful with rest than two handfuls with effort in a pursuit of the wind. And there's this idea of being content, not being greedy, not wanting what you don't have. I'll ever know that person that broke up with that person because they wanted to be with somebody else. Am I preaching to nobody tonight? Cole's like, I know somebody. <laughs> He's looking at me like that. Cole, what grade are you in? Like the seventh grade? <laughs> y'all get the point. I mean, I mean, y'all know those people, right? They're they're all about them. Like they're always taking pictures, they're always posting on social media. Like, everybody has to cater to them. If you, don't, if you don't dress like they do, if you don't talk like they do, if you don't act like they do, like, everybody has to be around that one person or they can't be around anybody at all. And that's greedy. What keeps you isolated? What keeps you from having meaningful community when you are envious of others, when you are lazy and you are greedy? Life is better together and awful alone. What are the benefits of community? What are the benefits of community? Before I share, before I share tonight some of the benefits of community, what do you think are the benefits of having community? Charity. Understanding. Let's let's do one one three-word responses. That's perfect. Emily. Inviting people to church. Okay, yeah, that's a benefit. Andrew. Say it loud. Okay, uh, comfort, good. Tori. Love. Anybody else? Any takers? Benefits of having friends. Benefits of community. Accountability. Good. Let's go, let's go off of those. So I wrote down four things from the text that benefit, that are a benefit of having friends, specifically the right kind of friends. Spoiler alert, if your friends are not leading you closer to Jesus, they are leading you away from Jesus. And it's black and white like if your friends are involved with things they shouldn't and they're around the type of people they shouldn't be, well, we go to church once a year. Quit playing yourself. Quit playing yourself. And listen, God loves them, and they need to be in church. But you want to surround yourself with somebody that's not about them. You want to surround yourself with somebody that's all about Jesus. Because life is better together and awful alone. So the four benefits of having friends, productivity, care, comfort, and strength, and we'll walk through the text. Obviously, what, what's the benefit of having people around you where you're more productive, right? Like if one person set up this entire room, it would take hours. Five people did it in 40 minutes. And so the obvious thing that community brings in our life it's productivity. Some of you think that being productive means having people help you with your homework. And by helping you with your homework, giving you the answers for your homework. Well, we ain't going to go there. <laughs> I think it hit home with a couple of people. Verse 11 says this. If two lie down together, they can keep warm. But how can one person alone keep warm? And it's this idea of like, you're, you ever been camping? Just me? When you're camping, where's Spencer at? That, that guy loves to camp. I mean, he lives in like the outback, like in the wild west. Like he's just there. He's camping. And like if if Spencer and I were in freezing temperatures, and we we, I know it's kind of weird, but we bundled up near each other. <laughs> if we snuggled, oh! <laughs> if Spencer and I were snuggling. In negative 20 degrees, and in, in, in like a, a sleeping bag, our body heat would warm each other up. And the idea here is that when, when two people are snuggled up together, there's, a, there, there's, there's care, there's comfort when you are around other people. There's comfort and care. And maybe tonight there's somebody in this room that maybe you just met for the first time that genuinely wants to love you and care for you that wants to stand by your side no matter what happens in this life. Community gives you strength. If someone overpowers one person, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Do y'all know how rope is made? They take three little rope strands and they braid it together. And it's a lot harder to cut through the braided rope than it is one single piece of rope. Are y'all with me? Y'all with me in the back? Life is better together and awful alone. Do y'all get the point of what I'm trying to say tonight? Surround yourself with people that love Jesus. Surround yourself with people that are not all about them, but are all about Jesus. And man, do everything with them. Make them your besties. Make them the ones you text. Make them the ones you call. Make them the ones you go to church with. Make them the ones that you do everything with. And I promise you, you're going to go a lot further in this life than where the world will send you. My last point, the loneliest place to live is leadership. Do you know why the loneliest place to live is being a leader? Because oftentimes, have y'all ever seen wolves before? the alpha male where does he where does he go where does he start the front he's typically in the back of the pack and they put the oldest if i'm thinking of the right animals so we're just going to pretend like i am they put it's what it's what we're just going to pretend like i'm right Okay, we're going to pretend like it's wolves. Maybe it's coyotes. doesn't matter. I'm pretty sure it's wolves. They put the oldest ones in the front because they're the slowest so the rest of the pack can follow them. Now he's looking it up to see if I'm right. <laughs> and the leader stands in the back, the alpha male. Why? To watch over the pack. To warn off from predators. To stand strong. When even nobody else will. You need to understand something. The enemy hates you. Scripture says that Satan come to, came to steal, kill, and destroy. Satan wants you dead. That is the enemy's will for your life is dead. He wants you to have no joy, no friends. He wants you dead. And so quite possibly, could it be that the loneliest place to live Is where you say, hey, I am not afraid to be courageous. I am not afraid to say what nobody else would say. I am not afraid to say I'm following Jesus. To be bold in your faith. Even when it costs you everything. We, We played the game. Guess the character. One of the characters, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, their life was thrown. On the line, they stood there in the fiery furnace and they said, we will not bow to King Nebuchadnezzar. We will not serve him as our God because we serve the one true God. They were willing to die for their faith. Are you? They were willing to give everything to follow Jesus. Are you? Friends, listen, they were willing to live their life locked arms with their best friend. Are you. And maybe you came here tonight and you need to realize that true community is found first in the presence of Jesus. Maybe you grew up thinking that, that God, God, God's mad at you, that God hates you, that you always have to work your way to God. But friends, listening, that's not true. Okay, good works can't save you because if you can work your way to heaven, you can lose your way out of heaven. The only thing that can get you into heaven is through a relationship with Jesus. Are you living life in community? If we were to play your entire life the past seven days on this TV, what would it look like? What would it look like? Would you be able to say that you have lived life well for Jesus? Something we say all the time is that there is nothing like being in the room on Wednesday nights. While we have tried to give you a glimpse of that, we encourage you to get the full picture with us and join us in the room this Wednesday. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Moments Podcast.